Hi there, Israelite brothers and sisters. Welcome to Brother Hebert Presents. This is part two of Pentecost. This paper is found in the calendar menu at www.thinkoutsidethebeast.com. Click on the drop-down arrow to open the menu. We continue our study on Pentecost in the Gospel of Yohanan. Yeshua returns to Galilee, John 4.45. Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast. For they also went unto the feast. The first of four Passovers during Christ's ministry occurred in chapter 2. The second of four Passovers occurs in chapter 5. Chapter 4 here is likely referring to Pentecost, as Yeshua was just talking with the Samarian woman at the well of Jacob. Here, Yeshua is talking with his disciples and says, verse 35, Say not to you, there are yet four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. White, of the whitening color of ripening grain, also the color of the Israelite race, the wheat people. The spreading of the gospel by Christ and his taught ones was sowing the word in the people who forgot their heritage, their identity, and were brainwashed by Judaism. The Feast of Weeks is a time when those who were responding to the message were being ready to harvest, ready to receive the Holy Spirit. Adam was the first of our race with the spirit breathed into him by Yahweh. Adam is defined in Hebrew as Adam, ruddy, rosy, able to blush, to show blood in the face, and described in scripture as white, comely, white as snow, fair. We are born from above into the Adamic race. Our race was designed to hold the spirit. We white Anglo-Saxon Caucasian Israelite peoples are the innumerable seed of Abraham who have brought the gospel to our kinsmen and women all over the world. We worship and praise Yeshua Christ, and we fit all the marks of Israel. The Jews are not Israelites, they are Edomites, and the Jews have never brought the gospel anywhere. They don't worship and praise Yeshua Christ. They hate Yahweh the Father, and they do not fit any of the marks of Israel. They are a fraud, a counterfeit, impostors, deceivers, and as Yeshua Christ stated, you are of your father, the devil. Yeshua at the Festival of Booths, John 7.37 In the last day, that great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him were about to receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Yeshua was not yet glorified. All these references are speaking of Israelites, and that when they return to their God, they will be accepted and may receive the Holy Spirit. Notice, Yeshua was speaking in the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, 
which represents the last great day, the last chance to get right in your understanding and repentance. Without these changes, one cannot receive the Holy Spirit. The Promise of the Holy Spirit John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the society cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and shall be in you. It's sad and unfortunate, but the fact is, is that the churches do not keep his commandments and they do not teach the truth. <gasps> the Holy Spirit does not dwell with the churches or worshippers of Jewish Jesus who identify as transgentiles. They are trapped in 33,000 different spirits of falsehoods. They love their delusions more than the truth. Verse 23. Yeshua answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come into him, and make our abode with him. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. We will remember because we forgot. The scriptures are our heritage, which has been forgotten because of the teachings of the churches, which have accepted the doctrines presented by the Jews, who stole our identity and perverted the word of God into 33,000 counterfeit versions, which keep the Holy Spirit from abiding with you. This is another reason why these feast days are so important. They are commandments, celebrations, and memorials of our family history, our instructions, and our path back to the Father. Yeshua appears to his disciples after his resurrection, saying, Peace be unto you. John twenty twenty two, And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Spirit. The Greek has, he inhaled and said to them, Receive the pneumatos hagios. Symbolic of Genesis 2-7, where Yahweh breathed his spirit into Adam. Only our race can receive the Holy Spirit, as only our race was designed to hold the spirit. The Promise of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Yeshua began both to do and teach. This was not an individual. It's a greeting, like, dear reader. It means lover of Yahweh. The former treatise may refer to the book of Luke. Verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The Sermon on the Mount was a private teaching and instruction seminar with his disciples. Verse 3, To whom also he showed himself alive, after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, 
and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of Elohim. Not pertaining to personal salvation as the churches teach. The scriptures do not teach personal salvation. It teaches kingdom theology. Christ mentioned salvation only twice. He taught of the kingdom over 50 times. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Referring to the day of Pentecost. The outpouring of the Spirit which occurred at this first Pentecost was in fulfillment of the prophecy found in Joel chapter 2. The coming of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it came upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Some of the churches make a big deal out of speaking in tongues. See why the church is actually a circus? These Israelites were from Greece, Syria, Rome, and other countries in the Greco-Roman world, and spoke different languages. It simply means that they all understood each other. When Yahweh gives someone the gift of tongues, it is not to speak gibberish in an unknown language that cannot be understood. It means they have the gift of interpreting prophecy and relating it in an understandable way. Peter addresses the crowd and tells them that do not understand that these men were not drunk and speaking gibberish. Acts 2.16 but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says Elohim, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Prophesy is G4395, prophetuo, and means to speak by divine inspiration, with the idea of foretelling future events pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. To utter forth, declare, a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. The Greek uses the word avaring. And means to affirm with confidence. Averment is a noun and means verification established by evidence. Verify is to prove or confirm to be true, to fulfill as a promise, to confirm the truth. The churches speak of personal salvation, not the kingdom of God. 
They are not inspired by the Holy Spirit because they don't speak the truth. They are inspired by some other spirits and demonic entities because they speak of Jaime Jesus and invented doctrines which are not found in Scripture. Peter goes on to speak of the resurrection of Christ and that even David knew that his own soul, as well as Christ's, would not be left in the grave. He knew of the promise of the Holy Spirit, even though he didn't witness the resurrection. Verse 33, Therefore, being by the right hand of Elohim exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. Peter also causes them to understand that those in the crowd were also responsible for the death of their Messiah because they were brainwashed by the Jewish Pharisees and went along with the Jews' agitation for the murder of Christ. The First Converts Verse 37 Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men, brothers, what shall we do? Zechariah 12.10 And I will pour upon the house of Dawid, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of favor and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. The Jews were the ones who instigated, tried, condemned, and carried out the crucifixion of Christ, not the Romans. The Israelites of Judea that were deceived by the Edomite Jew priesthood ignorantly participated in the death of Christ. Yahweh's spirit of mercy filled some of the Israelites, and they asked, What shall we do? Verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be immersed every one of you in the name of Yeshua Christ for the remission of the penalty of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as Yahweh our Elohim shall call. Peter was speaking to his Israelite kinsmen, their children, and their relatives that were afar off, which were a reference to the lost and scattered Israelites living among the nations. Notice also that it is Yahweh who draws you. The churches teach the opposite that you get to choose him. The Jews were getting mad that Peter was teaching the people the truth and healing them. These were Jew priests of the kindred of the high priest Annas, who was an Edomite Jew. Peter was addressing his Israelite kinsmen and these Jewish rulers. Acts 4-7 and when the Edomite Jew priests had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Luke 12.11 And when they bring you into the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, take you no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say, for the Holy Spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Acts 4.8 then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them, You rulers of the people, and elders of Yisrael, 
if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you Jew priests, and to all the people of Yisrael, that by the name of Yeshua Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom Elohim raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. So Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, was having a very powerful sermon, healing the lame, and the Edomite rulers were getting jealous. Now Peter is addressing two groups here. The first group, the rulers and those deceived Israelites following the rulers, and group two, the Israelites who kept the true faith. The Edomites had nothing to say because Peter was right. They demanded the apostles stop preaching and teaching in the name of Yeshua. Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of Elohim to hearken unto you more than to Elohim, you decide. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The believers pray for boldness. Verse 23, And being let go, the apostles went to their own company, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. The apostles left the company of the Edomite Jew priestly rulers, and went to their own company, Israelites. Verse 31, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spake the word of Elohim with boldness. Today's churches cannot speak with boldness, because they don't have the Holy Spirit, they don't have understanding, and they are bridled with their 501-C3 status. They don't stand against sinners and unrighteousness, they make peace and friends with the unrighteous, and tolerate abominations, and invite them into the congregation. They don't rock the boat because the Jews have taught our people not to offend anyone. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Be you not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? The Edomite Sadducees were accusing the apostles of teaching the doctrine of Christ. This alone proves that the Sadducees and Pharisees' doctrine was not the doctrine of Christ. Neither is today's 33,000 church denominations the doctrine of Christ either. Acts 5.29 Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The Elohim of our fathers raised up Yahshua, whom you slew and hung on a tree. Him has Elohim exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Yisrael, and forgiveness of the penalty of sins. And we are his witnesses of these declarations, and so also the Holy Spirit, whom Elohim has given to them that obey him. The we and the them in verse 32 are Israelites. The so is is in italics, meaning added by the translators, and it changes the message. So is is not in the Greek. It should read, we are Christ's 
and the Holy Spirit's witnesses. Notice a very important statement. The Holy Spirit is given to them that obey Him. It's simple. Holy core math. Obedience equals the Holy Spirit. The churches have been taught Jewish common core math. Jaime Jesus plus Judeo-Christianity equals some other spirit. In chapter 8, Saul, or Paul, at this time was a persecutor of the Christians. Saul was an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin of the race of Adam, who was formed to hold the spirit. Saul was an ignorant race traitor working for the Jew Pharisees, as he was raised a Pharisee, or separatist. Just like the preachers in today's churches are ignorant race traders working for the Jewish Jesus, as they were raised in the Jewish infiltrated seminaries. The Holy Spirit had not fell upon Saul yet because Yahweh had not drawn him yet. Philip preaches in Samaria, healing and calling out unclean spirits and teaching the people the word. Acts 8.14 Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of Elohim, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Prince Yeshua. They were baptized, but did not receive the Spirit yet. There could be many reasons for this. They may have lacked certain understanding, or were a little unfirm in their belief because of the brainwashing of the Jew Pharisees. Maybe they had not repented yet. Verse 17. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. John 1.12. But as many who received him, he gave to them the authority which the children of Yahweh are to attain, to those believing in his name. Acts 8.18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said unto him, Your money perish with you, because you have the thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of Elohim. Repent, Think differently, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, Elohim, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. We see that Simon believed also, and was baptized, yet no Holy Spirit. Simon's heart was not in the right place. Could it be possible that Peter and John were the reinforcement Philip needed to fully break the spell of the witchcraft Simon deceived the people with? If the people in the churches came to the truth and believed it, they would need reinforcement as well before they could receive the Holy Spirit. They've got to repent, change their ways, and continue in the way. They would have to abandon the false knowledge they have. They have to be immersed in the correct understanding of the truth, and then the heart, mind, and body can receive the Holy Spirit. The Conversion of Saul 
Saul was still busy threatening and slaughtering the disciples of Yeshua. <coughs> but he was about to be dealt with. Yeshua paid him a visit, and Saul wisely obeyed. He was blinded and was brought to Damascus. Yeshua came in a vision to Ananias, a disciple in Damascus, and tells him to lay his hands on Saul. Acts 9.17 And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the master, Yeshua, that appeared unto you in the way as you came, has sent me, that you might receive your sight, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith, and arose and was immersed. Just as those Philip converted needed a more authoritative touch, Saul needed the touch of a certain disciple for the Spirit to be received. Dispersed and uncircumcised Israelites receive the Holy Spirit. The churches believe that chapter 10 is about being able to eat pork. <laughs> chapter 10 is about Yahweh showing Peter that these other men outside Judea are under the same covenant. They are the dispersed, or uncircumcised Israelites, the lost sheep whom the gospel is for. These profane and unclean men forgot their identity because they were descendants of scattered Israelites. They responded to the word because it's in their DNA and on their hearts. They just needed to hear the truth. Acts 10.44 While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. They were immersed in the knowledge and understanding of the word. Verse 45 And they of the circumcision, meaning the house of Judah, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the dispersed uncircumcised nations of Israel also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because they were both children of Israel, the two houses of Judah and Israel reconciled through the gospel. Verse 46, For they heard them speak with languages, and magnify Elohim. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these uncircumcised should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be immersed in the name of the Prince. Then prayed they them to Peter to tarry certain days. The water baptism did not bring understanding. The Holy Spirit did. The commission was to immerse the people in the truth and in understanding. 1 Corinthians 1.17 For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the pale, or cross, of Christ should be made of none effect. All these churchgoers getting baptized and saved, yet they still know nothing about what scripture teaches, nothing about their true identity or heritage, nothing about who their Savior is, and nothing about the true identity of the Jews. They are misinformed about how to live as a true Christian and according to the way. They don't keep the Sabbaths and feast days, 
and they eat unclean animals which are still unclean because the food laws were not done away with. And if they read the other verses and paid attention to context, verse 28 says, But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. They have so much pork on their minds and in their bellies, and a Jewish Jesus in their heart, that they cannot receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is allergic to pork, and the number one cause of heart disease is Jaime Jesus. Water baptism is a misunderstood ritual and is not necessary to receive the Holy Spirit, as there are many verses that demonstrate this. Many Israelites did not understand that the rituals and oblations were to cease. Daniel 9.27 This is the last time water baptism is used. The apostles that understood taught this from here on out. If baptism was needed to receive the Holy Spirit, then 33,000 denominations and their congregants that were dunked now have the Holy Spirit, but somehow lack knowledge and understanding. While there are many of our people who had not been baptized in water, but clearly have the Holy Spirit and understanding. Peter and some of the other disciples still did not understand that these Greeks and other uncircumcised nations who were considered profane by the Judeans were their own kinsmen. Peter himself even thought the dream was about food. Yahweh had to show him three times. Christ's death cleansed both houses. He was teaching Peter that the lost house of Yisrael were under the same covenant and the message was for them too. Peter arrives in Jerusalem and gives his report about his message from Yahweh regarding the uncircumcised, and that he witnessed the Holy Spirit immersing them. Acts 11.16 Then remembered I the word of the prince, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. For as much then as Elohim gave the uncircumcised, the like gift as he did unto us, the circumcised, who believed on the Prince Yeshua Christ, what was I that I could withstand Elohim? The Judeans were now starting to understand that both the houses of Judah and of Israel were under the renewed covenant. Paul was teaching in Antioch of Pisidia to his kinsmen, teaching them that they are of the seed of Abraham, about their history and heritage, and the covenants promised by Yahweh. Paul explained that the ministry, death by crucifixion, and subsequent resurrection of Yeshua Christ was the fulfillment of the scriptural promises of kinsman redeemer to the children of Israel. Many responded to the message and believed. Yay! They obviously with this new and true information received the Holy Spirit as it is stated they were appointed to eternal life for taking hold of the gospel. The Edomite Jew rulers were jealous and stirred up trouble and expelled them out of the city. Acts 13.51 But they shook off the dust of their feet against them, and came into Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19.1 and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, 
Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. This verse shows that water baptism did not bring the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Yeshua. Paul tells them not to believe that the baptism ritual saves you, but true knowledge and understanding of who you are and whose you are is what matters. Yahweh wants knowledge, understanding, and obedience more than sacrifice and rituals. John was a Levitical priest, a mediator, a middleman, a mortal. When Christ died, all the rituals, sacrifices, priesthood, and its oblations were done away with. The water ritual didn't cleanse you, but repentance and a change of mind and lifestyle will, and then the Holy Spirit can be received. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were immersed in the name of the Prince Yeshua. So, did they get dunked in water twice? Certainly not. They were dunked in the Word, with knowledge and understanding. As Paul was on his missionary journeys, he planned to attend the feasts, Acts 20.16, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Paul kept the feast days. Pentecost is the fourth feast day of Yahweh, In chapter 8, Paul continues to talk about the law, the Torah, that we should seek to establish the law, to mind the things of the Spirit, not the flesh. He explains that when we live according to the law written on our hearts, the Holy Spirit can dwell in us and we are freed from the law of sin and its penalty, which is death. If you are living according to false doctrine, the way of society and the world, and the flesh, and worship a Jewish Jesus, you cannot please Yahweh. If you live according to the way, you can receive the Holy Spirit. When you live according to the way, you are led by the Spirit of Yahweh, and are recognizable as His children. Romans 8.15 For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Adoption is G5206, Uyathesia, and means placement of sonship. It does not mean adopting someone, as the churches teach. God doesn't adopt those outside the race of Israel as his children. Uyathesia is a coming of age through maturity, understanding, obedience and allegiance. It's about Israelites who respond to the law on their heart 
and to the calling of the divine influence when the Father draws you. Verse 16, the Spirit, or the DNA itself, bears witness with our spirit, or DNA, that we are the children of Elohim. And if children, then heirs, heirs of Elohim, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Him is in italics, meaning added by the translators. Christ is a reference to the anointed people, the sons of Jacob. Our race is the household of God, designed to hold the Spirit. When we live according to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can join us, because we are performing our duty as children of God. We are productive members of the body of the anointed people, and when we live according to the way, we will suffer in this world together, but we will be glorified together when we receive our position of sons and daughters in the kingdom. Paul is on his missionary journeys and states he will visit the Corinthians when he passes through Macedonia. 1 Corinthians 16.8 But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. This would be the festival of weeks, which is the 50-day countdown to Pentecost. Paul still kept the feast days even after Christ died. Shouldn't you? Paul is talking about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law on our hearts. The letter of the law judges, but the spirit gives life. The service of the law is honorable, but the service of the spirit is much more honorable. That which was done away was honorable, but the law of the spirit is much more honorable. The sacrificial rituals were done away with. The Levitical ordinances of the sacrificial laws. Not the laws of Moses, as the churches teach. All Ten Commandments are found in the New Testament, too. Because it's all one testament. Second Corinthians 3.13 And not as Moshe, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Yisrael could not steadfastly look to the fulfillment of that which is abolished, meaning the rituals. This is an allegory. The Old Testament law left a magnificent reflection on Moses' face, yet the law of the Spirit is even more glorious. Verse 14, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. Christ was the fulfillment of the ritual laws. That is why they were done away with. To continue these ordinances would be to deny what Christ did. Verse 15. But even unto this day, when Moshe is read, the veil is upon their heart, Keep the law by nature, not the letter. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall return to the prince, the veil shall be taken away. Now Yahweh is that spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, 
there is liberty, and we all, with unveiled presence, beholding as in a mirror the honor of Yahweh, are changed into the same image from honor to honor, even as by the Spirit of Yahweh. 4th Maccabees 9.22 But, as though transformed by fire into immortality, he nobly endured the rackings, saying, Imitate me, O brethren, nor ever desert your station, nor abjure my brotherhood in courage. Fight the holy and honorable fight of the belief. The sacrificial rituals and Levitical ordinances were done away with, but we are still to follow the commandments, statutes, and instructions Yahweh gave us in His laws. We just don't need to bring atoning sacrifices to the priests in a temple anymore. We must make spiritual sacrifices through knowledge and obedience and follow the law written on our hearts, which when we do, we can receive the Holy Spirit. The Jews were teaching that you were saved by the rituals. Galatians 3.2 This only would I learn of you. Received you the Spirit by the works of the rituals, or by the hearing of belief and truth itself? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? If you don't understand his death, you accomplish nothing. Verse 5. He therefore that ministered to you the Spirit, and works miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the rituals, or by the hearing of faith, or belief, or the truth itself? If you stay in the rituals, then you are cursed. Christ freed us from the ritual obligations. Don't continue in them. Verse 11 but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of Elohim, it is evident. For the just shall live out of belief, and the law is not out of belief, but the man that practices them shall live in them. Doing the law. Righteousness comes from obedience. Leviticus 18.5, Romans 10.5 Verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the nations of lost Israelites through Yeshua Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through the belief. The covenant and promise has nothing to do with the law. Our free gift of salvation is because of the promise, but we can be blotted out if we do not practice and strive for the faith of Christ, who lived according to the law. The purpose of the law, or the Torah, which in itself is just and good, is to prevent the wrongdoer from harming others or himself. The law reveals condemnation, not salvation. 
it neither justifies the sinner nor sanctifies the believer. Most of the Israelites didn't have faith or love for the law. They just went through the motions of the rituals insincerely. After a while, the Israelites lost their fear of Yahweh because they could just sacrifice an animal for their sin and then sin some more. Verse 25, But after that belief is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster or trainer or rituals. They no longer had the crutch of the rituals. It follows that the impulse and inward power derived from the crucified, risen, indwelling Christ and from the faith which unites men to him results in outward character. Deliverance from sin, deliverance from the curse of the law, not the law itself, deliverance from self-centeredness, and deliverance from the lure of worldliness. Allegiance, or faith, also results in positive gifts as placement of son into Yahweh's inheritance, the promised spirit, the fruits of that spirit. Inwardly, love, joy, and peace. To Yahweh, faith, meekness, and temperance, and to others, long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. The Thessalonians' Belief and Example 1 Thessalonians 1-2 We give thanks to Elohim always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your act of the belief and labor of love and patience of hope in our Prince Yeshua Christ, in the sight of Yahweh Elohim and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, that you were chosen by Elohim. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the prince, having accepted the word in much tribulation with joy of the Holy Spirit. The Earthly and Heavenly Sanctuaries The Levitical ordinances were the deeds or works of the rituals performed by the Levitical priesthood, the earthly sanctuary is referring to the temples built with hands. These were part of the covenant. Our ancestors needed the sacrificial rituals because Christ did not come till much later. The atonements made by the Levitical priesthood were temporary. Christ's propitiation is not temporary. Hebrews 9.15 and for this cause he is the mediator of the renewed covenant, that by means of death, for the release of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Matthew 22.14 For many are called, but few are chosen. This verse 15 proves that those of the first covenant are fulfilled by the second. The those are the children of Israel. The called then 
and now. The Greek reads better. Verse 15, And for this reason he is a mediator of the renewed covenant, so that from death, resulting in redemption of the transgressions against the first covenant, those having been called would receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Only Abraham's seed was promised these things. In Isaac's seed shall you be called. Hebrews 10.35 Cast not away, therefore, your liberty, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of endurance, that after you have done the will of Elohim, you might receive the promise. Receive is recover in the manuscripts. The Universalists deliberately changed this word to support their doctrine that the promises made to Abraham's seed applies to any and everyone. The original reading, recover, shows that it only applies to those who the promises were made to. The children of Yisrael. Peter is addressing his Israelite kinsmen who are scattered among the nations. He calls them chosen, and that through obedience and living righteously, they are sanctified of the Spirit, that they have an inheritance waiting for them who overcome this trial of life through the belief. 1 Peter 1.9 Receiving the end of the belief of you, even the salvation, a deliverance of lives, of which preservation the prophets have inquired and examined diligently, who prophesied of the divine influence that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in the prophets did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the honor that should follow, 2 Peter 1.21 For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of Elohim spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Continuing in 1 Peter 1.12 Unto whom the prophets it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. The prophets prophesied of the Holy Spirit being sent to believing and obedient Israelites much later on. This was fulfilled and is still being fulfilled, as those disciples in Christ's time and those watchmen and teachers today, filled with the Holy Spirit, bring the gospel to the lost descendants of Israel, so they too may receive the Holy Spirit. Pentecost and the Commemoration of the Giving of the Law When Moshe approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. The Levites did as Moshe commanded, 
and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Note that 3,000 Israelites died as punishment for their idol worship that day. From the New Testament, With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Because through Christ Yeshua, the law of the Spirit of life, set me free from the law of sin and death. 3,000 Israelites received the Holy Spirit, making up for the 3,000 who had rebelled at Mount Sinai. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Israelites at Pentecost were the first harvest. There is yet a bigger harvest to come. The summer harvest is the 3,000 at Pentecost. The fall harvest will be the rest of the crop at the second coming. But the forgiveness at the atonement day will not be unconditional. It will require full recognition of our sins and sincere repentance. It is interesting, just as Yahweh set up specific days for his feasts, there are also specific cycles of growth for a baby in its mother's womb. It is fascinating to discover the parallels between his feast days and the development of life in a mother's womb. The Hebrew calendar begins the new year when the sun sets on the day of the spring equinox, day one. The spring equinox is the first day of the gestation cycle, ovulation. Day 14 on the Hebrew calendar is Passover, which is also fertilization, formation of the zygote. Day 15 is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which in the gestation cycle is implantation of the zygote in the uterus wall. Day 16 begins the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of First Fruits, Wave Sheaf. This is when the zygote becomes an embryo. Day 65 on the Hebrew solar calendar is Pentecost. It so happens that in the gestation cycle stage, that this day the embryo becomes a fetus. Day 183 is the Feast of Trumpets. The third trimester starts. The baby can hear at this point. Day 190 is the Day of Atonement. This is when the baby begins to make its own blood. Day 197 is the Feast of Tabernacles. The final stage before birth, the viability stage. Feast of Tabernacles is living outside in tents, and it also represents the baby's ability to live outside of the womb. Day 204 is the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the last great day. How do you celebrate Pentecost? First, you need to know what day it falls on. You can find out on the Hebrew solar calendar. On the links provided on the paper. Pentecost is a high Shabbat. It's a high holy day. It's a day to rest, relax, and be mindful of what Pentecost represents. It's a day to celebrate with gladness 
and thankfulness for the wonderful path Yahweh provided for us to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a day of fellowship with friends and family and to witness to others about the good news. It's a day of immersing yourself in the Word and strengthening your commitment to being a true Christian. Now, being educated and filled with the Holy Spirit, you are ready to go out and witness to others and warn them for the Feast of Trumpets, which is connected to Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and Pentecost. This Pentecost study is also part of the Feast Days study series. Links are provided on the paper. Oh, 